All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to a Wednesday, April 12th edition of Daily Faceoff Live, presented by Botano.ca. 19 plus, please play responsibly. The game starts now at Botano.ca. He's former NHL netminder and current Daily Faceoff analyst, Mike McKenna. Mike, what a wild night of action. The Pittsburgh Penguins, minus 550, tied for the biggest favorites of any team on the betting line. Speaking of Botano.ca this season, and yet they go down in regulation, and their season might have gone down with them. Unbelievable to see, isn't it? And this is almost a carbon copy of what happened to the Calgary Flames when playing against the Blackhawks earlier this season. The Blackhawks have lost 11 to 12 games, yet here they come in and they take control of the Penguins and beat them. And, and I think that, listen, Pittsburgh played pretty well. It's just that they lost it in the span of 36 seconds in the third period. You know, they got to one-to-one off a power play goal from Evgeny Malkin, and, and then they couldn't really grab that momentum again. And then they started to press bad pinch by Dumoulin they're down three to one and here they are now with their fingers and toes crossed tonight hoping that the Islanders lose because that's what it's going to take for the Penguins to stay alive Frank yeah it's certainly an incredible turn of events you know you think about the last 24 36 hours for the Penguins they were kind of in a bit of a rough spot then the Islanders drop the ball against the Washington Capitals have two goals go in against them in the first 63 seconds of the game you're saying oh man They've just left the door wide open for the Pens, who only have the Blackhawks, who entered the day in 31st place. But with the point gained by the Columbus Blue Jackets earlier on Tuesday night, they were in 32nd place at some point in the game. 
and it ends up being a crushing loss again for both teams because the Blackhawks end up gaining points in the Connor Bedard race, and the Pittsburgh Penguins get their hearts ripped out by Buddy Bleeping Robinson. I mean, think about some of the goal scorers for the Chicago Blackhawks in the last few days. Anders Bjork, Buddy Robinson. I mean, they're running a fantasy camp at this point in Chicago, and yet they go into Pittsburgh and take down the Pens. Sidney Crosby, six grade A scoring chances, no goals. You know, I was thinking Crosby would come in and, and drag this team across the finish line. There's no chance the Penguins are losing this game to get into the playoffs. And Mike, as you mentioned, now they're staring down this. A one-point margin of error. One point lost. Any one point uh, won by the New York Islanders on Wednesday evening tonight. Uh, any one point lost by the Pittsburgh Penguins on Thursday. That's it. They're down to their final breaths. And I guess if you would have asked this question in November or December, no one would have seen this coming for the Pittsburgh Penguins. I don't think so. I mean, they were deep enough. They had the experience. They had good goaltending. But, I mean, a lot of it's been Jari's been hurt. And when Crosby's not on the score sheet, this team just doesn't win, Frank. And some night it's the, it's the checkers and it's the matchups that take care of Crosby and company. But sometimes it's just the goaltender. Like Peter Mrazek had a really strong game against him last night. You mentioned six high danger chances. Crosby had eight shots on goal. So it's not like the Penguins didn't put forth the effort. They didn't get the result last night. And it's just been the accumulation of the entire season where they haven't been able to grab hold of these games that they needed to win and have efforts from their depth. It just wasn't there again last night. Yeah, and uh, certainly going to be curious to see what comes as the Penguins' uh, season, you know, you would think was salted away. Chance of fire Hextall from the PPG Paints Arena crowd emanated throughout the building in Pittsburgh. Uh, you mentioned the ex- uh, high danger chances. What about expected goals? Almost a five to one margin in favor of the Pittsburgh Penguins, who just don't get it done and are left now wondering what will happen with the New York Islanders tonight. But one team that doesn't have to wonder, Mike, the Florida Panthers. They end up clinching a playoff spot by virtue of the Pittsburgh Penguins' loss in regulation. What an amazing way to sort of back into it. And maybe that also takes away, Mike, from what the Panthers have accomplished this season. Because you think back to the week between Christmas and New Year's, the Panthers were nine points back of a Stanley Cup playoff spot. They not only closed the gap, but they're likely to head into the playoffs now in the seventh seed as the number one wild card which kind of gives them a bit of a leg up when it comes to their first round matchup and the side of the bracket that they're on, because let's face it, the route to the Stanley Cup final, I think is going to be a lot easier on the Metropolitan Division side of the bracket facing, you know, one of either the Carolina Hurricanes or New Jersey Devils in round one, as opposed to going up against what's been the best team in regular season NHL history, the Boston Bruins setting the points record, 133 points on Tuesday night. And they've already set the wins record with 63. So here's what the playoff bracket looks like at this exact moment in time. The Penguins out, the Islanders in the second wild card spot. What do you make of the Panthers and the run that they've gone on to get to this point? Well, here's bottom line for me. If the Panthers end up playing against Carolina or the Devils, they can win. And Bruins, oof, I don't know. But to play this good a hockey for an extended period is something you can't argue against. And it's really been predicated on a couple of players for me that are going to be instrumental for this club. Like the the Panthers have gotten unbelievable goaltending out of Alex Lyon in the last seven games. Okay. He hasn't allowed more than two goals against six Oh and one undefeated in regulation. 
Now, he doesn't have to continue being undefeated all the way through, but he's got to play that level of hockey again, and he should be their number one goaltender. I also love that the Panthers tweeted out a graphic showing Alex Lyon prominently displayed when they clinched. For a guy that's only played about a dozen games this year, this is pretty cool to see him right in the middle. And Sergei Bobrovsky was better early in the year, but Bobrovsky hasn't been as consistent. So you play Lyon, and then really you look at what Matt Kachuk's done. Like, to me, he should be second overall in the heart voting. He's 30 points clear of Sasha Barkov, both sides of the puck. I think he's willed this team into being a contender once again. And, and mass tip over to his dad, Big Walt Keith Kachuk, for getting this team going. They haven't looked very soft the last six or seven games. But to me, the Cats don't defend well enough to be a true contender, Frank. But the goaltending can bail them out if they get it. So I'm lukewarm on, Pan on the Panthers in playoffs. But if they're playing against Carolina or the Devils, I think they got a chance of moving on. What more could you ask from the Panthers' season then in that case, given how far back they were, given that they knew this season would be a step back? If you can, they're in. Now if you can win a round, it feels like kind of gravy. This team that won the President's Trophy last season with 122 points, makes a seismic trade, adds a franchise player in Matthew Kachuk, knows they're going to be in a bit of a tough spot this year, thinks they're going to be a playoff team, finally are, and could win a round. I don't know. Uh, seems like the Panthers are playing with house money now. So let's take a look, Mike, at, at what's still on tap. We mentioned the New York Islanders. They can officially puncture the Pittsburgh Penguins' playoff chances with uh, any one-point gain tonight against the Montreal Canadiens, who, again, uh, don't really have much to play for. Um, and when you think about what's to play for for the Dallas Stars, uh, I don't know. How about a Central Division title? Uh, the Dallas Stars are still very much in the mix against the Colorado Avalanche. They have two games remaining. And, you know, you look at the standings here, there's a lot to still determine in the West. The Minnesota Wild are locked into the third spot in the Central. They will face one of Colorado or Dallas in the first round. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers and Vegas Golden Knights are battling it out, not just for the Pacific Division crown, but also the top number one seed overall in the Western Conference. Uh, and so the Oilers, by virtue of their uh, win against the uh, Colorado Avalanche on Tuesday evening, are in a spot where uh, they have something significant to play for on Thursday on home ice. The LA Kings still not locked into the third spot yet. The Seattle Kraken can catch them and hold the tiebreaker. And so in order for the Oilers to uh, win the West and the Pacific, they would need a Seattle Kraken regulation win on uh, Thursday night, which would then also put the Kraken uh, in a spot where they could get out of the wild card and get into the Pacific Division side of the bracket. So uh, certainly a lot for everyone to play for. The Winnipeg Jets in the eighth spot, second wild card, and the uh, Minnesota Wild are the only two positions locked in at the moment. And if we take a look at the eastern side of the bracket, as mentioned, uh, the Ca Carolina Hurricanes and New Jersey Devils are battling it out for top spot in the Metro. The Rangers are locked into the number three position. The Panthers can still uh, remain in that first wild card spot, although uh, that will come down to the final day as well. We know the Leafs and Lightning have been locked in. They also had a first-round preview against the uh, Bolts on Tuesday evening. We'll get to that in a second. What to you, Mike, when you look at all of these potential matchups? First off, which one is the juiciest? What, what are you rooting for to see over these next two days? And if you're one team in particular, is there a matchup you'd like to avoid? 
Well, I mean, for me, it's watching the Islanders tonight because they can clinch. Simple as that. That game is paramount importance for that team, especially against Montreal. Um, but beyond that, I think it's interesting to watch in the West at, at just how competitive it is, right? Like, I want to see if Edmonton can catch Vegas and if Dallas will overcome Colorado. Um, that's going to matter because, you know, you're, you're figuring out where you're going to be seated and who you're going to face in those two instances. So um, those matter to me. But I think also the big thing for me, Frank, is that you're not going to see the load management in the West as much as you have seen it in the East because the East is pretty much determined where teams are going to be playing. In the West, these games still really matter in terms of seeding. So I think there's still more to play for, and I think those games out there, uh, Colorado, Dallas, Vegas, Edmonton, you name it, they're still going to be pretty high intensity for the last game or two to finish out the year. Yeah, and especially if you just go back to that bracket for a second, let's say you're Seattle and you want to try and avoid Colorado in the first round. You're trying to get into that yeah. Uh, you know, third spot in the Pacific where you could face either Edmonton or Vegas. Not that that's a cupcake in the first round, but Colorado, I think a lot of people view as uh, as certainly one of the teams to beat in the West, uh, provided that they are healthy. So you mentioned the load management, and I think a lot of people were saying, ah, what a yawn this uh, Lightning and Leafs game is going to be on Tuesday night. You know, they start Joe Wall and Net. They have an amateur tryout guy that's... Uh, backing wall up they have austin matthews and mitch barner and others resting for load management and yet there's certainly some spiciness when it comes to uh that game that was played on tuesday evening not just the interaction between uh corey perry and michael bunting uh but you also had the fight between luke shen and, and pat maroon uh two guys who who know each other pretty well so this was the juiciness between uh perry and bunting and then um you know I mentioned the Shen fight as well, but then you flip to here. Here you go. Here's the Shen fight, um, and certainly those two guys got into it. Luke Shen has has done a lot to endear himself to this Toronto Maple Leaf fan base coming back, mentioning what it's meant to him to be back in Toronto and also to get a shot to play again for a Stanley Cup. This is against his former team, so they also know him well on the other side of the ice, uh, having been part of those two Stanley Cups in Tampa. But how about Dean Evason? and Rick Bonus going almost toe-to-toe -to -toe from the other sides of the glass. Lots of words pointed back and forth, and check out this icy glare that you get from Dean Evason. It is, I, I don't know, man. feels like he can burn burn through <laughs> you with that. He's terrifying. Come on over. He's I, terrifying. I, 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 it's unbelievable. So of you see you see all these things happen on Tuesday night. We're focused on the playoff, Chase. Which one of these got you jacked up? Man, both. But I, I mean, I love the two coaches because Evison is just in, intimidating as can be and, and Bones. How can you not love his passion? But for me, it's Perry and Bunting, man. Like these two, these are two of the biggest rats I ever played against, Frank, like in a good and a bad way. Right. Like I would love to have either of these guys as teammates. But I mean, first, Perry cross checks him. Bunting takes a dive. Bunting fakes a two-hand slash. Then they have the worst fight ever. Then Bunting's in the box tossing gloves around, and him and Perry are going back and forth. Like, it was just so on brand for these two. It just made me – I was laughing the whole time. And, and deep down inside, I wonder if these two aren't laughing about it now in the same way. So I like that one. I appreciated everything that happened last night. But that was awesome. The Bunting two-hand slash, that's like some Jordan Bennington stuff there. And he faked it. Like, he didn't even go. Like, just go ahead and swing it, man. <laughs> well, yeah, I think you're you're also thinking, uh, I don't really want to get suspended for game one of the yeah. Stanley Cup playoffs because I slashed Corey Perry in game 81. That doesn't really make a lot of sense. 
Nah, but it, it just the way the worm is on the ice, I hope he plays forever, Frank. Give me all the Corey Perry for the next five, ten years. I agree. Both those guys could play on my team any day of the week. It's just a shame also that the Minnesota Wild and Winnipeg Jets won't be meeting in round one of the playoffs. It'd be awesome to see that storyline. Uh, uh, like you said, Dean Evison. Yeah, sorry, that's a hard no for me, dog. I'm running the other way when I see that. That that's like you could you could basically. I bet his old man strength is just through the roof, like insane. I don't even think it's old man strength. Like if you see him in a t-shirt, like that dude is jacked. Like he's like he's some he's got a a slight bit of Rod Brindamore in him. He that guy takes his his conditioning seriously. It looks like that'd be a heavyweight battle. We should set that one. That's the next UFC fight: Dean Evison versus Rod Brindamore. Book it. Daily Faceoff Live just had it go. Yeah, watch our ratings explode. Let's get to uh, this week's, speaking of explode, let's get to this week's edition of The Next Wave with our guy Stephen Ellis. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. That's right. Pleased to be joined by our Daily Faceoff prospect analyst, Stephen Ellis, once again for this week's edition of The Next Wave. And Stephen, with our eyes on the Frozen Four, everyone was looking at goaltender Yanev Peretz from Quinnipiac, guy who had a tremendous season. And they were thinking, could this guy sign an NHL contract? Will Peretz get any attention? And lo and behold, the Carolina Hurricanes come through with an entry-level contract for Peretz uh, on Tuesday. What do you make of Peretz, and and what are the Canes getting in him? So it's always tough to kind of really judge NCAA free agent goalies, guys that are 22, 23, and kind of start to show what they're capable of at that point because, you know, depending on your opponents, depending on the league you play in, uh, the competition might not be super strong. And you look at it, he had 21 shutouts over the last two years, which is unbelievable, but when it looks at – well, when it really mattered, he was just as important as anybody on that Quinnipiac team – uh, you know, he's not a huge goalie by any means, but he's very athletic, very reflexive. Uh, but also, like, you know, for you, you typically when you see guys that are like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, in net there, they're the more positionally sound guys. But for him, it just it looks like he gives no angles away. So uh, he's someone that, you know, the Carolina Hurricanes don't have a, a ton of goalie signed next year. Actually, Kochekov, I believe, is the only goalie currently signed um, for next season. Uh, I guess, you know, the other thing to keep in mind here as to where Peretz will play is, you know, the they, uh, Hurricanes don't have an AHL affiliate officially announced for next year either. So um, that'll be interesting what happens there. But 
this is a late bloomer guy that I think has got a really bright future. You know, again, we've seen from year after year, Dryden McKay, Strauss, man, these guys that go on these great NCAA careers and then maybe are just okay um, AHL, ECHL goalies after. I do have a lot of belief that Perez could be something. Yeah, he's he's got a nice tool set. I've liked what I've seen in that way from him. And you do wonder, like the David McKees, David Lenavus of the world that played on really good college teams, maybe something like Peretz, but he does have a nice uh, skill set, like I said. And you touched on Carolina. That'll be interesting to see because I'm hearing that Carolina may have to put prospects all over without an AHL affiliate next year. That is to be determined. Um, recently, the Kraken signed Logan Morrison, player out of the Ontario Hockey League. He was a 40-goal scorer with the Hamilton Bulldogs and Ottawa 67s this year. Had 96 points this season, 100 points last year. Could the undrafted centerman be a diamond in the rough for the Kraken? Absolutely. This is someone where when he was drafted, when he was draft eligible originally, he was 5'11", but just looked very weak. He was very easy to push around, and uh, he didn't really put up a lot of points. And then there was that COVID uh, year where nobody in the OHL played. Last year, he goes out there and gets 100 points. This year, he has another great season between the Bulldogs and Ottawa 67. So he's someone where... The points kind of been able to follow him. Um, you know, he was a really good U16 player that just maybe didn't do anything kind of outstanding. Uh, I think a lot of scouts were concerned that he wasn't going to be strong enough for the next level, which is why he got passed. And he's had a little bit more bulk. I think he's a bit more dominant with the puck uh, and better defensively than he was when he was eligible uh, for the first time. So, you know, Seattle, they got to be taking as many chances as possible on these prospects because they, they got the smallest pool to work with. But He's someone that I think in the next couple of years can go out there and be a decent middle six forward. Stephen, uh, Lane Hudson, um, a prize draft pick by the Montreal Canadiens who really had a, a breakout season this year at Boston University. He's going back for another year with the Terriers. What do you think? Is that the right move? And, and maybe does that partially have to do more with the Montreal Canadiens and where they're at with their timing than Hudson? Is Hudson ready now uh, in a different organization? How do you see it? I kind of got the sense that kind of no matter how he played this year, he was going to go back for that extra year. You know, uh, obviously, you know, he, he's been able to put on a couple inches. He was 5'8 when he was drafted. He's listed as 5'10 now. So he's a, definitely a bigger player um, than he was. And uh, I still think, you know, strength is something I like to see him build up a, a bit more. It was kind of like with Cole Caulfield when he went to the NCAA. I know a different position, but part of that was just to build that upper body strength. And we've seen that he's had no problem adjusting to the NHL injury aside. Um, with Hudson, I also kind of want to see him, you know, he is a defenseman, but sometimes it feels like he's trying to play a bit too much forward out there. And I know that's something a couple of scouts were telling me recently where, um, you know, he's got the offensive acumen that's going to make him a very valuable power play player in the NHL. I think he's going to have no problem putting up points, but defensively, you know, I think he takes too many risks. I think, you know, because he's so skilled, he's trying things that aren't going to work in the NHL. So I think, you know, being able to get him a bit more grounded, a bit more relaxed, uh, not throwing the puck away just to make a play uh, is something that would be very important here. Now, you know, he goes out there and gets 48 points this year. What's he going to be able to do next year? I think, you know, the, the sky's the limit there. But uh, I think, you know, for Canadians fans, you know, it's next year is not going to be an easy year. Uh, you're going to get a high pick. Maybe that player ends up going right away to the NHL. But um, when it comes to Hudson, yeah, you can take your time with him. You've got a couple other good young defensemen to look forward to right now. And when the time comes, I'm no question. For me, Hudson was a top five prospect last year, and uh, I 100% stand by that. Um, and then I was shocked he fell that low in the draft, but I think he's going to still be uh, a, a star player for the Canadians. It just, it's going to probably be another two years from now. 
Yeah, it's an amazing pick by the Canadians when you consider that it was also a bonus selection because that number 62 overall pick came over from the Colorado Avalanche in exchange for Arturi Lekkanen. So when you have multiple picks, you can take a shot on a player that's fallen down some other draft boards. A reminder at trade deadline time for teams that are adding surplus picks. I uh, want to ask you as well, Stephen, no one watches more hockey than you than I know. Uh, you've also been at the Women's World Championships as well uh, in your neck of the woods, and you had a chance to write about Caroline Harvey. Yeah, Caroline Harvey, you know, talking to some people, it's like she's like the Kale McCarr of the, the women's scene and uh, talking to Hillary Knight and saying she's going to be one of the greats of the game. And, you know, I, I think, you know, we, I, there's no physicality does happen in women's hockey. They're not allowed hitting. You can't do body checking. But she's someone who will, will throw the body. She'll get aggressive. She'll be very chippy. But then she'll control the play. So She truly looks like a four forward out there. She's got the skating ability to get back really quickly. So the Americans brought a much younger team this year. You know, Canada stuck to their veterans. But the Americans are putting a lot of focus on that 2026 Olympics and getting those young players an opportunity. And Harvey already looks like a veteran. And she's just 20 years old. Yeah, Stephen, uh, great stuff. Check out Stephen's story on dailyfaceoff.ca on Caroline Harvey. As he said, potentially the Kale McCarr of the women's scene. And Stephen will be heading overseas one week's time from today. He will be at the Under-18 World Championships in Switzerland. Thanks a lot to Stephen Ellis for stopping by for this week's edition of The Next Wave. All right, Mike, time for our Daily Faceoff inbox question of the day, hashtag AskDFO. And my question to you is this. Of two players, Elias Pettersson, who has now hit 100 points in his 24-year-old season, and Jack Hughes, who's knocking on the door, he is two years younger. If you were to start a franchise today, Pettersson 24, Hughes 22, which player would you select first? Well, I'll tell you what, I love Elias Patterson, and he is coming off his first 100-point season, but I'm not sure he'll have another 100-point season. It's been a pretty big leap this year in terms of production. Jack Hughes, though, I am absolutely convinced he will have multiple 100-point seasons. He's also only 21, so I think he's just scratching the surface. I love both players, but I'd go with Jack Hughes. You know, I'm I'm kind of torn on this myself. I agree in the point that you make, but I I don't think by far this is the end of the 100-point seasons. It kind of feels to me like Pedersen is really just beginning to get comfortable in the NHL. He's also much bigger, and I think that's kind of one of Hughes' detriments and not taking anything away from what he's accomplished. So incredibly skilled, love the passion that he plays with and the fire he brings, but for me... When I watch Jack Hughes at his size, I'm always saying to myself, man, that guy is one hit away from being out for a couple months. And I guess you could say that about any player in the NHL because that's the reality. Injuries happen at any time. I just think with his frame, he's got to battle in a lot different of a way than someone like Pedersen might have to. So I think if, if someone put a gun to my head today, I would probably take Pedersen over Hughes. Oh, well, I've seen Pedersen with his shirt off. He's a pretty wiry guy, so I don't know. Listen, these are both great players, though, Frank. This would be a great debate for years to come. Yeah, uh, really uh, two tremendous seasons, and that's why I asked the question wanted to highlight both of them. Uh, Hughes, as you mentioned, also taking a huge leap forward. That brings us to our Botano.ca daily bet segment with Tyler Uremchuk. Tyler, 
How'd you do last night, buddy? Were you riding you... on the uh, the Chicago Blackhawks? No, I was not. But you missed a great opportunity for a transition there. You could have said, speaking of guys who are wiry with their shirts off, and it oh. would have teed me up perfectly. <laughs> I just, I preferred not to think. It'd be better that. if you didn't have your tarp on, Tyler. Take it off. Let's go tarps hey. off this segment. Come on. We should, we should have thought about that a little bit. Anyways, all this for to distract sure, you dude. from the fact I went. Come on, Tyler. <laughs> I'm ready to see you reflect the sun here, buddy. Oh, that is great. <laughs> Okay, I went over two last night. That's what I'm trying to distract you from. But we got two picks loaded up for tonight, courtesy of our friends at Patano.ca. The game starts now with Patano 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Let's start with a little over under that I like for tonight between San Jose and Calgary. Could be Dustin Wolf getting the start for the Calgary Flames here this evening. But regardless, I still like the over in this hockey game. It's hit in nine of the last 10 for the San Jose Sharks. It's only hitting four of the last 10 for Calgary. But again, I think the San Jose Sharks effect here is going to be in full effect over six and a half at minus 128. And for a shot prop tonight, I'm going with Anders Lee, the Islanders trying to lock up a playoff spot tonight against the Habs. And I think their captain will be flying in his last few games. He's crushed the shot prop three in a row for Anders Lee, and he's hit four shots in each of those games as well. So with the line at two and a half and paying almost even money, I think this is a great spot for Anders Lee and that shot prop. So take the Lee over and the over between the Flames and Sharks over at Patano. Tyler, what's on your shirt there? Speaking of tarp. Uh, this is just an all-out hockey tee from CCM. There you go. Tyler's always going all out. You mentioned the Sharks giving up a lot of goals. One thing that I noticed, too, in the Connor Bedard, the race to the bottom of the standings, the Detroit Red Wings have lost a lot, but they've also given up a lot of goals. Seven times since March 1st, they've allowed five or more, which is incredible. And you look at the last few games, four, six, five, seven. They did have a shutout mixed in there, but uh, it's, it's, it's incredible to see how many goals the Red Wings have allowed as they've certainly plummeted in the standings in recent days and weeks. Thanks to Tyler for our Botano Daily Bet segment. And Mike, we're going to wrap the show with some sad news today. Yeah, um, tough one here. Ray Sawada was a NHL veteran, played a um, handful of games, 11 games, scored a goal, and um, really was kind of an ultimate grinder between the American League, played some ECHL and overseas. He was a captain at Cornell University and sadly passed away um, two days ago, had a heart attack while playing hockey at age 38. And this one really hit home, Frank. He's got two young daughters, ages six and nine, that he coached while they're playing hockey. My daughters are seven and 10. And um, I played against Ray in, in several different leagues and um, thought an awful lot of him, knew people within the Dallas organization that did as well. And so a nice tribute here from Troy Stetcher that was posted to Twitter today. And um, so it's it's tough, man. Life life doesn't always make a lot of sense, Frank, and, and this is one of those moments. So um, it's just a, a sad day here for everybody that knew and played against Ray, uh, knew what a competitor he was, and he parlayed that into a post-playing career job as being a firefighter in his, in his city of Burnaby, British Columbia. So he was a hero on and off the ice. Yeah, Burnaby firefighter, as you mentioned, and uh, just hits home. Ray Sawada, 38, you celebrated your 40th birthday yesterday. I'm in that same age range to see Ray Sawada pass at 38 while playing hockey. It just doesn't compute. So uh, the link to the GoFundMe, I tweeted it out today. Uh, thankfully, almost $200,000 have been raised for Ray Sawada's family. 
Um, if you'd like to contribute, you can also check out the link in the tweet that Troy Stetcher sent that you see on your screen. Uh, certainly some sad news to wrap up today's daily face-off live. We'll be back tomorrow, 12 noon Eastern on Thursday. We'll know by then, are the Pittsburgh Penguins still alive or not in the Eastern Conference playoff chase? The field is nearly set. 15 of 16 teams are in. We'll see if we have all 16 set on Thursday. We'll talk to you then. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.